Welcome to Texas Franchise Radio, where your hosts, Josh Cherry and Robbie Marlowe, bring you all things franchising in the Texas market. Franchising is one of three growth strategies businesses can use to expand and capture market share. Effective when done right. But there's a lot to this dynamic business model. Learn from others in the industry as we bring on all levels of franchise operators and experts. Texas Franchise Radio. You ready? Let's go. Uh, Robbie and Josh going live and it's time to hit the road. You were tuned in to Texas Franchise Radio. Oh, you're in the business. Well, this is what you need. Repping Texas, they professionals up in the industry. What we talking about? We talking business models, investing franchises. We going full throttle. All right, what's Learn up, Conroe, Texas? I know you Welcome back. New episode of Texas Franchise Radio. We're glad to be here on this nice hot day in Texas. We've got uh, me, Robbie Marlowe. We've got our co-host. What's up, Conroe in Houston, Texas? Glad, uh, glad to be back. We've been traveling around. We've been doing a lot of stuff this last month. Excited to bring you some good value uh, here on the radio show today. And that was Josh Cherry. He didn't introduce himself. so I'll <laughs> I'm Josh Cherry. He's Josh Cherry. You can do all the intros today, so <laughs> I don't want to ruin this because this is no, about to be no. the best moment of the show. <laughs> Everybody get ready as Robbie welcomes our next guest. So we've got two great guests, two great women that are down here helping Delta Life Fitness grow. we got Laura Ego Chiaga with us. Look at you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> leveling up every second of the day. You can check her out on Instagram. She made sure I want to drop her Instagram handle, at Laura. Ego Chiaga, E-G-O-C-H-E-A-G-A. Is if that correct? If she's got room. She's got about 4 billion followers on and there. And if, you, so if, if you're interested in social media and learning about uh, Facebook marketing <laughs> and just marketing in general, go follow her on Instagram. She's, uh, she's what, the number one growth hack? Firm in Tampa. In Tampa. That's, that's correct. That's, that's a, that's a great title. Making people doing a lot of great things. Exactly. And we're glad to have her down here with us. And then we have also the, the famous Jessica Azarello. <laughs> Yes, what's up, world? Was that it? Hey, that was it. You did great job. <laughs> She's got some big goals and some hefty goals. Hopefully, our listeners out here at Texas Franchise Radio, once we hear a story and we hear what our goals are, I think something has to do with Kid Rock. We'll learn more about it. But if we can help her out, let's share it and let's yeah. uh, let's promote it. Lucky for you, Kid Rock is a big advocate of Texas Franchise Radio, so he doesn't miss a show. So he'll yeah. be listening today for sure. But at least Texas in general. I don't know about Texas Franchise Radio, but <laughs> we'll try to get him. We'll try to hook him in. All right, guys, you know with Texas Franchise Radio, we talk about um, major topics with franchising, some business owners looking to scale their business through franchising. Uh, people looking to invest into a franchise or people who have already invested into a franchise system. So with that being said, today we're going to talk a lot about just core values and building a business with a purpose and how important it is to find the purpose of your business, how that can lead you, create a product or a concept that's going to change lives all across the country, across the world. And I think Delta Life and what we can do here, and that's what we're going to talk about more, Delta Life's core values, mission, purpose, and, and how that helped me and Josh and Kristen and Cassie and the whole group down at uh, Delta Life Fitness really build the product. So let's, uh, Robbie, let me ask you this. Why do, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, uh, why do we put that off? Why do, we, why do we put our heads down and just get to work on the revenue-producing activities yeah. and just get stuck in a whirlwind of just day-to-day activities year and year and year and, and not produce bigger results than we could? Why is it so hard to stop and spend a whole day 
you know, once every yeah. 90 days, re-looking at why is it hard to stop and identify core values and mission statements and all that? Because it seems like fluff, right? Yeah, no, and, and honestly, me coming in, especially as a young business owner, that was the last thing in my mind. Right. Uh, I want to come in, I want to build a product, I want somebody, I want to build value, yeah. and I want somebody to pay me for that value. Marketing, operations, Ex- those exactly. are the things we think of when we're building a business. And you don't understand that building your core values, your purpose, creating that is going to allow the people that work with you understand what the mission is and they can go attack that every day. And so when they make a decision, when they do something away from you, because at the end of the day, you're hoping to build a business bigger than yourself where you can't touch every outlet of the business. So when you build a mission, you build core values, you understand the people that hired on, if you hired them to those core values, they can go establish and deliver the product to your customers uh, knowing what the business needs to do. Yeah, and it's it's hard because it's also it's it's also delayed ROI, right? No, absolutely. Because you have to you have to build the core values, you have to build this mission statement, and it's a long time before that ROI comes back on those activities, and that takes a lot. You know, take your whole team; it's already undermanned, probably, if you're a startup. <laughs> I'm sure. And go spend a whole day to identify core values. It takes a long time to see the ROI, but man, once you get it right, and that, that's why I'm excited about Jessica because living six states away and not really knowing anything about. Me or you for sure, but hearing about Delta Life yeah. and what it was about, what it stood for, you and your whole group pack up and move to come be a part of it. Not because you didn't even know Robbie and I, <laughs> you know, you did that based on the mission statement and what Delta Life stands for. So is it time for that? Jessica, dive into that. Tell us, like, how did you hear about it and what did it mean to you and, and why did it resonate? So I basically found out five days prior to leaving Florida that I would get to join my team and work for a fitness studio that their mission statement was to empower 1 million women over the next 10 years. And I thought that was great. I have a a very unique story where um, I pretty much didn't really start living my life um, for me uh, until about the last year. And um, on February 15th, I'm not going to really go too much into my story, but I went on Facebook Live, which is basically like the whole world, and I made a promise, and I said that I was going to save lives, change the world, dance for Kid Rock just one time <laughs> while living my best life and inspiring and empowering people. And the fact that I had an opportunity to work for an all-women's fitness studio, fitness is something that's always been very important to me. I was a slave to the corporate world for 16 years. I worked um, in real estate finance, and I managed at a high level. I worked, um, one of my most successful careers was at Wells Fargo. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for working out, it really would have made my life a lot difficult, more difficult. And it helped me manage stress, anxiety, um, depression, believe it or not. I would go through my days happy and bubbly and everyone's like oh man she's so happy all the time but really inside I wasn't because basically my whole life I felt like I lived for other people and I thought that you know in order for people to like me I just had to do whatever they wanted to do but that's not really what it was about so you know big game changer for me was when I met my life coach and he's a women's empowerment advocate shout out to Cody Mannix um, but he really helped me um, focus on myself and personal development and learning what was right and wrong. And he really supported me and he put me up on a pedestal, which, you know, people look at him and judge him. And, you know, everybody's got a story. I'll just put it that way. But the fact that I came here to Texas, I was so thrilled. I basically, wherever I go, I'm like, man, this is the greatest thing. You know, I try to find um, happiness 
wherever I'm at, but I truly am happy here. I love Delta because you guys are amazing people. You guys have such integrity. And I've never seen, you know, I've never worked with an organization where you guys care so much. I mean, you got two men that are the founders of an all women's fitness studio. And, um, you know, when I saw that, I was kind of like, uh, okay. But then I started meeting the, the staff and the franchise owners. And then I started working in the Magnolia location and the Spring location. I met the members. And, you know, my role uh, turned out where I basically, we have a six-week challenge going on. And it's not about weight loss. It's we just want women to show up. Women don't work out for three reasons. They don't have time. They've got kids. They don't have anybody to watch them. Or they don't feel comfortable in a gym. The equipment is intimidating. Men are staring at them. You got women that are in shape that are judging them, which none of that, you know, half the time is taking place. But it's just to be able to sit with women and hear their story and their why and help motivate, inspire them because fitness has helped me out so much. Like, that's why Delta's perfect for me because I want to empower and inspire <coughs> 10 million women as I well. So it's I great. It. Yeah. The end. And Kid Rock, you're going to see me soon, I promise. We got to send it over to Kid Rock. <laughs> we got we to cut that clip out, send it over to Kid Rock. Jessica, you just said so much, but uh, you know, it, when I just look at and unpack that and what I heard, and we're going to talk about it a little bit here in the second section as we get going with uh, with Laura. Uh, franchising in general is just exploding right now in North oh, America. And I think it's exploding because of what you just said. And whether you know it or not. Uh, I know it. Like, like <laughs> you know, for a, some, some, when the entrepreneurial bug first hit the United States, right, like people wanted to like live on the beach and, you know, Tim Ferriss's book came out and everybody yeah. thought they could just work four hours a week, even though I've heard the joke. Every time I listen to that book, I add four hours to my week. <laughs> uh, you know, it went, it went from that and thinking about that's, that's, that's not what entrepreneurship is. Entrepreneurship. And the, you were talking about when you lived that corporate world and that corporate life, you were depressed and because there's nothing more depressing than waking up every day and not following your dream or following your passion. And so that's what in, in, in at the high level, that's yep. why franchising is so passionate to me because everything's hard. Whether you own a business, whether you own a franchise, working in a franchise, working in a corporate world, life's hard, but it's a lot worse when it's hard and it's not aligned with your personal mission. And you just said you were able to finally get clear about your personal mission and you spit that out yeah. better than I can spit out my own personal mission. So well done. <laughs> but when you can, that's why identifying a company mission and core values mm -hmm. is so important because then you know who you are. And then whenever you have that very clear personal mission for yourself, you can find what organization you align with. And then things are still going to be hard. Things are still going to be rewarding, but at least you're working in synergy with what's important to you. And that's how you get over to, and I think that's why franchising is exploding right now in this country because people are having outlets to be able to chase their true passion. No, absolutely. And I think, uh, and I, you know, you're starting to hear more and more mindset, more and sports mental, um, people trying to talk about the mental space. We just recently had, uh, uh, Andrew Luck retired at 29, and, and he honestly retired because it was a mental thing. He could no longer say, hey, I can't give 100%. It no longer fits with my personal mission, what I want to do. And, you know, as many people are really giving him a hard time right now, I actually respect it. No, I think that was a great example. You know, he said, I can't do it no more. It's taken away my family. It's taken away my happiness. I can't. I hats get up in the morning. Yeah, no, and him turning around, and, and really hats off to the Colts organization. We kind of went out a rabbit hole here. <laughs> but the Colts organization, <laughs> letting him keep his bonus and stuff, they really treated the guy really well. So, I, I you know. Yeah. 
I think mental health and taking care of yourself and really loving what you do, yeah. understanding your personal mission statement. I think everybody really, I got to do a better job of getting my personal mission statement down. Yeah. Very jealous that Jessica yeah. didn't just roll that off her tongue. Because uh, <laughs> this country, we're so far ahead of the rest of the world. God, God bless America, right? Yes. I mean, America, America is one. But why are we all so stressed and depressed then compared to the rest of the country? Like, and suicide rates are like we're, skyrocketing. We're the, yes. it's, it seems to be. Wow. So, yep. so, and it's yeah, because we're trying to spend a whole life killing ourselves with something that's not aligned with our personal mission, and that'll destroy a human. And hats off to Andrew Luck for identifying that. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing what what was realigning him and his family and what was most important and making that, because I can't imagine how hard of a decision that was. No, I, no, it, he let down a lot of people, teammates, uh, people that he's, you know, built relationships with. It's tough. So I'm, I'm like Robbie said, I'm very proud of you for, one, having that personal mission. So that's that's why. But if, if you had been sitting in Florida and you had that perfect mission and you just heard there's two dudes in Texas that are running a business and it makes a lot of money, you don't pack up and move six states for that. You, you knew that it was tied to a mission that was going to align with what you wanted. And so the, that's why it's so important. We have people all across the country right now uh, that are going to pull 12, 14, maybe even 18-hour days today servicing the Delta Life Fitness clients. And that's not because of me and Robbie. That's because women, those franchisees, those members that you talked about, they believe in creating positive communities of women. The people that are around us believe there needs to be a Delta, there needs to be a Delta Life within driving distance of every woman in the country. And the people that are a country, part of the organization. The world. And, <laughs> worldwide. and everybody that's around us believes that. That's why identifying that purpose and those core values are so important. Yeah, it really is. And um, one of the things you look, I got Delta Life's core values in front of us. I didn't need them in front of me. I got them for everybody else. <laughs> but if you just look at some of our um, our core values, and let's just I'm just going to jot them down for the radio to can see, and then uh, we can talk about them. But be open minded and mission focused. Always positive. Always encouraging. Believe we believe in the Delta Life Fitness way. Love where you are while working towards where you want to be, and be confident yet coachable. And I can look at those core values and. When I hear Jessica talk about her story, when I meet Laura, when I when we have the franchisees that come in, we look at these core values and we say, is this somebody that we want to have represent an organization? And I know that the story she just said and what she talked about, you can mark three to four of those core values right now and you can tell that she's living those core values. And that by you line so well with Delta Life Fitness. That's true. It does make a good litmus test. And I used to think it was like, a bad thing or they have to align or they don't. It, all it is is making sure they're a good fit for this business. Robbie and I talk about it all the time. A good franchise will set a culture. Uh, F45, they have a great culture. They've done a really oh, good absolutely. job. But it's got Mark Wahlberg behind it and it's flat brim hats and cool. And like if I was if I was a 25-year-old single dude again, I want to own no, an yeah, F45. Because that's the and, – and so when you, when, you, when you identify a culture that you have, people that – can fit into that culture, it makes it really easy for them to fit in. We have more of a family culture, so we yeah. bring that in. But if you, if you try to make everybody happier, we serve everyone, you serve no one. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little yeah. bit more with you. But uh, Jessica, Jessica, what else? What, what else is, what else is uh, on, your, on, your personal, on your personal mission here? What do you, what, what's the plan? What's so the future? So a couple things. Yeah. And it's funny because you talked about Mark Wahlberg backing F45. So... We're a weekend, right? When we arrived from Florida, again, my team from six, uh, team of six, we rolled over here in two cars, and uh, 18 hours later, here we were. So within the first week of being in Texas, they talk about, oh, there's a franchise meeting, all the franchise owners are going to be there. So I'm like, oh, we'll figure out a way where we can get your team there. So they did. They came through. And it was really eye-opening for me. And um, what I love the most is that a lot of women that end up 
owning uh, Delta, they actually were members that loved it so much, and then they just bought into the business. So that right there, they're following their dreams, um, which was awesome. But I remember you stood up in front of the room and you were talking about the vision of Delta, and you know, you asked the franchise owners, where do you see yourself in the future? What is your vision? And you know, people are standing up, and I put my hand up. Now, nobody knows who the heck I am. Like, this girl from Florida that loves cheetah and is outgoing, doesn't belong here, clearly is like a northerner or whatever. Little Jersey accent. Put my hand up, and I stand up, and I say, my name is Jessica Azzarello, and my vision is I'm going to be the Jillian Michaels, but for Delta Life Fitness. So, you know, and I thought about, I think it would be great if one day I did personally own my own Delta, but... I don't think you can contain this. This is like a wildfire, <laughs> right? Like you gotta, <clears throat> you can't contain it, but like I just wanna spread and I wanna go all over the country and all over the world and learn about communities, learn about um, issues that are going on and um, really bring light to that. I've, you know, since I was seven years old, I remember um, my parents got divorced at that time and uh, we lived with my grandmother. And my grandmother did medical records at a nursing home. And my summers, I would volunteer 40 hours every week for the entire summer, hanging out with old people and, you know, playing games with them and giving them their water and pushing them their wheelchairs. And, you know, so at a young age, I just had this gift to want to help and do so much good for people. And, um, you know, when I was here, I was uh, attended a networking event, which I, I love getting out and networking. Like I said, you can't contain this. But I ended up going to Salt Remedy, and Cassandra Mays is an amazing woman. Um, you know, and she actually brought to light a uh, national epidemic that actually takes place right here in the Woodlands. We've got the highest teen suicide rate. And she then put me on to an organization called Cassidy Joined for Hope, which is a very sad story about a beautiful 16-year-old girl. She was uh, on the cheerleading team, super involved in her church. I think it was the Woodlands Church, um, really active in the community, had so much going, great family. And one day, she just committed suicide. No sign of it. And I'm getting chills right now. Like, it's really sad for me to hear it. But I... Right then and there, I felt like the need. I'm like, I got to do something. I'm in this town. I'm only supposed to be here till December. And if this is the, not only was Cassidy, um, unfortunately, one that had took her life, but I believe that year alone, there was also six other teen suicides. So something's got to be going on. But I want to be that person to bring awareness. And we're, we have a huge event coming up on September 21st that, um, you know, Delta is putting together with our partners uh, in our complex. We've got Tapped. We've got uh, The Adventure Begins. Uh, we've got The nails, the Hair Salon. So, we, and a lot of other support where we're doing raffles and um, silent auctions and things like that. But, you know, with me being um, a motivational speaker and uh, trying to just raise awareness, I, I personally, um, I donate vacations. I can give away some pretty awesome trips to Thailand, to Mexico. So, um I had been trying to reach out to Cassidy Joined for Hope, sending a messages on Facebook. We're not friends, so, you know, couldn't really get in touch with them. But I found out that Cassidy's mother, who really goes around and does a great job bringing awareness for teen suicide and tells her daughter's story, happened to be having an event locally on August 21st. And I do what I do best, and I just showed up. And I basically cried the whole time while I listened to the story and you know, she talked about ways that we can get involved um, to helping the community. And at the end, I went up to herself. I went up to Kim, and I introduced myself. And I really was not composed, but I didn't care because I was on a mission. And I... 
basically looked her in the eye and I said that I personally would like to raise at least $10,000 and donate it to um, your organization. And that's that. So I just love that. I, I was drawn to Texas for, you know, to work for Delta, but also to get connected and really raise awareness. And I, like, I'm, I'm thrilled. And uh, who, who wouldn't want to go on a vacation? But I mean, who also wouldn't want to help raise awareness, you know? So that. Well, I know that story is uh, super near and dear to your heart yeah. for a lot of reasons. Um, and since you've been here, you've done a phenomenal job at sales. I mean, you've, I think almost every lady you talk to ends up signing a membership at the yeah. gym. Literally. You've done such a great job, which leads into the number one question Robbie and I get all the time. Just people know that we're in franchising. We always get, what's the best franchise? Delta. Well, Delta Life Fitness. <laughs> that's because that's be you're a good salesperson and you do good at Delta Life because you're passionate about it. And that's why Delta's a good fit for you. For other people, we, we saw a guy at IFA one year, Capriotis. Uh, yep. he, he literally was a customer. He ate the sandwich, and he loved the sandwich. He, he owns the whole brand now and he's because of his love for the product. If you, you, you can be the greatest salesperson in the world. It's, being good at sales doesn't mean anything. It's do you believe in the product, which is why we have number three. We believe in the Delta Life Fitness way. Yep. That is so important. If you don't believe in the product, you can't be successful. I, we can... We can put the most best well-funded, best studio, best location up of a Delta Life ever. If the operator doesn't believe in what it's doing, it will fail. No, and so funny. in franchising, what's the best one? The one that you're most passionate about. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. Everybody says McDonald's is the best franchise. Well, that's one of the names you think. When you think <laughs> franchise, you think McDonald's. Iconic. Been in the business forever. Created franchising yeah. uh, industry. And I watched a uh, YouTube video of, a franchi uh, of a McDonald's itself and the operator of about 10 mcdonald's says we're, we're feeding the world feeding the world and that's their mission so and that guy said it and he, he was passionate it. about it and he believed it and that's what makes mcdonald's for him yeah the perfect you're right uh brand for him and yes. that's like you know it really that's really brought in why is it important to have a purpose why is it important to have a mission when i seen him just route off mcdonald's we think yeah. mcdonald's we don't think mission we don't think change the feed in the world but that's yeah. what they do so two things before we round out this section i think if you're if you're gonna look to get into a franchise you need to be super clear on two things one you need to be super clear on what your personal mission is what you're what you're personally passionate about and then two when you're investigating brands make sure they know make sure <laughs> you know <laughs> make, make sure what they who they stand for who are they targeting what are they what are they about what does their company stand for if they can't tell you that they got some work left to do yeah, and if you're a business right now that don't have this clear, that's good. Look at something like McDonald's. Look at something like our our business and what we're doing. Don't just serve a cup of coffee. Yeah, find or out why you're serving. Go to a Tony Robbins event. Like that's the first exactly. thing he makes you do. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Pick up pick up an EOS book, Entrepreneurial op Operating System. If you're here locally, uh, Heightened Leaders, Megan Allred, one of the best EOS implementers around. She's here in Houston. She's helped us define all oh, these things and redefine them. Uh, if you haven't put in the work to identify your purpose, your mission, your vision, and your core values, you just you have to. And it's okay once you get them down. You can change these exactly. as you grow. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> adage. I have a good quote to end on. Yeah. If you don't love it, you can't live it. I just made Facts. that up, I think. <laughs> well, hashtag that. The hashtag. hashtag. <laughs> Jessica, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for yeah, having me, guys. Uh, you mean the world to us. You're doing, you're doing, you're doing you. great things here, and we appreciate you. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. We're gonna kick it over to a commercial, and we'll be right back to dive in with Miss Laura. Yes. What we talking about? We talking business models, investing franchises. We going full throttle. Learn about the industry. I know you got the. 
Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Is there someone you know who is hooked on vintage aircraft? Follow the commemorative Air Force and its fleet of World War II planes, including the mighty B-17 Flying Fortress Texas Raiders, which is based in Conroe, Texas. Texas Raiders tours locally and all around the United States, offering the public a chance to put their hands on aviation history. What could be a more perfect gift than a flight on a historic B-17? Taking to the sky on the iconic bomber is an experience that will never be forgotten. For the touring schedule, Reservations or more information, go to b17texasraiders.org or call 855 Fly a B17. It's time to hit the road. You were tuned in to Texas Franchise Radio. Oh, you're in the business. Well, this is what you need. Repping Texas, they professionals up in the industry. What we talking about? We talking business models, investing franchises. Welcome back, Hunter, Texas, Texas Franchise Radio. We got our good friend Laura here. I'm just going to leave her to that because I didn't practice. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, come on. Laura Ego Chiaga. Ego Chiaga. You know I know. <laughs> I just had to do it right after you did. That's all. Uh, Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hey, we just spent that whole first section talking about if you if you're if you're a business owner and you haven't clearly identified that vision, that mission, that vision, those core values, uh, you need to do some work there. And we understand why you don't, business owner who's overtapped and you've got a million other things on your plate, and that sounds like the last thing you need to do. Uh, but dive in, read the book traction, read good to great, any of the books you want to read, but spend some time. Even if it's two hours on a Saturday morning and just jot down what you think the purpose, mission, vision, core values should be, uh, and like Robbie pointed out in the last section, you're always able to change those up and go forward. But you have to put in that work so that the people that are going to come into your business can make sure they align. And we don't get a whole country of sad, depressed people that work their whole life with something that didn't align with their personal uh, life and their personal goals. No, absolutely. Uh, it really now, shouldn't be that complicated, right? <laughs> you shouldn't have to take a three-day seminar to go figure out your core mission values. Well, it's always it, it helps sometimes. It helps to get some clarity from somebody else because, you know, I, I can see other people's issues and help them out, but sometimes we have a difficult intro looking at ourselves and trying to figure out our own issues. Tell you so, what, personally, this is, I don't know what TV we're on here. Or, yeah, this is one of the best books for personally. It's just called three uh, big questions. The Three Big Questions, and it just makes you identify what your personal, uh, your purpose, your mission, and your vision is for your personal life. And it's one of the best books to walk you through that. Really good, really good book. Good recommendation. There's going to be a, a referral link from me underneath. <laughs> right, <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive in. Let's talk a little bit about just the franchise growth. So one thing I want to start this conversation with is uh, 
Robin, I've got to do a lot of traveling here lately, and we've got to talk to a, a, a lot of high-up people in mm-hmm. both the fitness industry and the franchise industry as well. We've, we've seen a shift in this country. Uh, the, the, we, we are a service-based economy. Everybody knows that. There's an explosion right now of service-based franchises. Oh, absolutely. And private equity is pouring in to these models. And, and we, were, we were in Little Rock, and Paul Schallert said something at dinner that really stuck out to me. He said that, you know, in the, he was talking about the Wild West and how the fitness industry was in the 80s and the 90s yeah. and even the early 2000s. He's like, but now private equity is pouring in so hard into the fitness industry, we have no choice but to grow up. No, we, we, we've got to perform and we've got to do things the right way. And so um, we went from, you know, just 10 years ago, just over 2,000 franchise offerings in North America. Today there's 4,400. 10 years from now there's supposed to be 10,000. 10,000. And they're mostly going to be service-based franchises. If you're a social media marketer or any, like anytime any industry blows up, there's all these support agencies that have a lot. We, we met with some yesterday yep. from franchise FSOs. FSOs are going to grow. Those are franchise sales organizations that help outsource the franchise sales part. There's three really important parts whenever you franchise. You've got to you got to get them. You got to you got to get new franchisees. You got to get them open, and then you got to get them full of business. Yep. That's really the only three things that that are there. And if you can do, if you can help the franchisor solve one of those three problems. There is an unlimited amount of potential in the money you can make over the next 10 years in the franchise industry. No, absolutely. Social media marketing is going to be one of the biggest. I'm glad to have with us today. Best-selling author. What's, what's the name of your book? The Small Business Guide to Social Media Marketing. So really just just for the next 10 minutes, just give us your best piece of advice out of that. I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that. We'll, we'll make them read Use the- Facebook <laughs> and use it right. Uh, <laughs> Laura, Laura, what are you seeing out there with, with if they're a brand, if they're if they're just a small business right now looking to maybe franchise or even if they already are a franchise, how are people using social media right? And what are some what are some ways that they can improve? They're not really using it right. Like so Facebook goes through like I think ten billion dollars a month and the people that are advertising on the platform, like at least ninety-five percent of them are not profitable. Like, they're literally just pouring money into Facebook. And that's, like, really sad because, like, these are your hard-earned dollars, right? Like, why why do people I, – I never understood why people think that, like, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, that's what I'm seeing, man. People don't know how to drive traffic to their stores that are brick and mortar. Um, people don't know how to – do unique selling propositions. They don't know how to create an offer. Um, they don't know who their ideal consumer is. That's you know, you talking about mission um, and your core values is so important because you can't just market to anybody. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You, what I like to call it is attraction-based marketing. I'm going to say certain things and it's going to bring you to me because you know I'm the best option because I'm in your head and I can literally know what you need. You know, so identifying the people that you serve is really huge. You can't go anywhere without establishing that first. So I know you're a Seth Godin fan. I'm a huge Seth Godin fan. Uh, I wrote a, a couple I'm of really g- not that big of a fan of his, but yeah. <laughs> Seth Godin is awesome. You know, to be fair, Seth Godin's good at theory. I've never seen it. Like, I've never seen if he can turn a Facebook ad and <laughs> generate leads or not. Yeah. Uh, but in talking theory, he's really good. I mean, obviously, Purple Cow's great. This is Marketing is a great one. Uh, Switch is a good book. He's, he's got some good books. And I'm a big, like, Jay Abraham fan. Jay Abraham's good. He's really good. I'm big into copywriting. 
Um, I'm not that great of a copywriter myself, but I know I need to learn more of it, you know, like, because, so I specialize in traffic and scaling traffic and, and making that customer journey really profitable. Um, but what I've realized is like in my eight years in marketing is that copy doesn't change based on the platform, you know, like I, Facebook could shut me down. I go out of business. I, I don't have a job anymore. Right. But if I learn copy as that, like high, high, high (coughs) revenue generating skill set. Um, I'll never go out of business. That's that's, so much what you just said is absolutely true. Like the copy and the offer and knowing who you serve. Sean Greeley from net profit explosion taught this Mm -hmm. to us a long time ago in 2012, the golden years, man. It was was the golden years. Uh, But everybody, we came into this new group and we had a lot of fitness friends. We had a lot of fitness friends and we were running ads. We were getting like 12 cent leads. It was was amazing. It was awesome. Everybody thought we were really good. I was still in high school. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) thought we were really good at, you remember, we even came out with videos, Facebook ads for gyms one, Facebook ads for gyms. Everybody thought we were good. You did not sell an info product. No, we didn't really. We didn't sell it. We gave it away. Look at you with your lead magnet. (laughs) We've sold info products in the past. Everybody thought we were good at Facebook marketing when we weren't. The the reason are it's exactly what you just said. We were the exact opposite. All we knew back then was who we were serving and what our offer was. That offer would have pulled on direct mail. It would have pulled on LinkedIn. It would have pulled on Instagram. It would have pulled on Facebook. It would have worked handing out flyers at HEB, right? Like yep. the cop that we knew who we were going for and we had the offer to match the customer, right? right? That's why we didn't know anything about Facebook ads, right? It wasn't that yeah. we were – so you're exactly right. It's – it's the fa- the copy and a good offer and, and a good offer persona match scales beyond a platform. And there's too many people out there, in my opinion, right now, looking for the secret thing you can do exactly. to, there's no to trick thing. Facebook's <laughs> algorithm. And before Stop. Facebook, remember it was Google. Everybody had their SEO hack yeah. on yeah. how you can hack SEO. Like that's true. Yeah. But but the and then real- everybody got taken down. I don't know. If, I used to be big in SEO. Yeah. And I had a lot of sites that just got um, penalized from Google. Oh, we know? messed it up pretty it bad. Was yeah. Horrible. Uh, it's like an Armageddon <laughs> of like Google. <laughs> it it kind of goes along with what we said in the first. Like exactly. But why do people want to? Why why do people want to skip looking at who they serve, building a persona, and building an offer that matches that persona, and go straight into just. I'm going to serve eight to 80 and sell my donuts and I'm going to hire Laura and Laura push all this traffic to me. Like, because again, that's, you don't see the immediate ROI on sitting down and building that target persona and building an offer to Matt. You can be the greatest Facebook magician in the world. If they don't know who they serve and don't have an offer to talk to that person, I can't work right. Yeah. Well, I think if you look at any industry right now, why do you think it's so hard is because if I'm a construction company, I don't want to turn down any opportunity. So if I think if I narrow in and say only do kitchen remodels or new new build houses, then I'm going to cut myself out of this market that I possibly could get. But then you don't realize when you go very narrow on who you serve that if I'm building a new house and you're the new house expert, I'm going to go to you to build Facts. my new house. And yeah. you're going to get more business by doing that. Same thing if you use Facebook marketing. If you just say I'm a Facebook marketer, I don't know if you are you a Facebook marketer for coffee shops, you're a Facebook marketer for gyms, but if you come out and you're very niche and say, I'm a Facebook marketer for CrossFit gyms, if I'm a CrossFit gym, I need help, I'll probably pay you a premium because you're the expert in that field. It allows you to, uh, instead of cutting business out, because I think that's what people initially think, you're cutting business out. I'm going to leave it on the table. I'm going I'm to leave money on the table because I'm not serving 
you know, this part of the section that I need to serve, but realistically, you're able to very laser focused build the deal, the offer that you need to for that customer you're trying to get and get more of those customers. I'm about to drop nuggets right here. <laughs> if you're a social, drop your nugs, bro. If, 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 you're a, if you're a local, if you're a local person trying to build an ad agency right here, I'm about to give you the secret sauce. Now, I go. can't execute on it. The, that part's left up to whoever's listening. You got to go yeah. execute. You're a local person. You want to start an ad agency. You, if you try to go online right now and build an online funnel to be an ad agency, good luck. You're going against Billy Jean. You're going against some top-level players that have been yeah. in this game a long time, and they're dropping a lot of money online. You go to your local chamber of commerce, you're a party of one. You know what I mean? You, like, you can gain some initial business going in, boots on the ground, walking into a business, and being that local person that knows yep. how to run ads. And initially, build it. What do you got to make a month? Five grand? So understand one niche yeah. and understand the copy and the offer and the way it works. And when you under, when you can let's take a co-work space, if you became the person who cracked the code on what Facebook copy and offer is going to fill a co-work space, there's some of the most, there's some of the hottest franchises in the space right now is no, co-work franchises. You go to one co-work franchise and if it usually takes home uh, tw 24 months to hit 80% capacity, if you can figure out and work with one of those brands and get them to 80% capacity in a pre-sale or in the first three months, that franchisor <laughs> no, absolutely. will pay you any amount of money you want, period. So there is a way to do it. Start local. Go be the number one person in your hometown community. Whatever you got to do, build up to the book of business that pays the bills. Yep. But then always be working on just one thing you can scale and go all in. That's my opinion. Do you want to know how I actually scaled an advertising agency? Well, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was like super against going into in-person things. Like I was so awkward <laughs> um, and, and nervous. I, was, I don't know why, but I was. Um, so I actually built a funnel, but I already had gotten results, right? So Which I was, oh yeah. So I was able to put twenty four thousand, a little over twenty four thousand dollars in paid cool sculpting um, sales in thirty days, out of fifty four paying clients, right? And I turned that into a funnel into a case study, and all I did was scrape the internet for um, owners' emails of uh, cool sculpting med spas. And all I did was email them and they booked an appointment with me after going through my funnel and I went from zero to six figures in seven months. Nice. It's, it's, it's doable. No, it's oh, fine. it's like really simply doable. Like it's not anything out of this world. I, I, just, I just can't, I can't emphasize enough to everybody that's listening, uh, both of you. Uh, that, <laughs> well, we've got eight. <laughs> As this Dude. franchising thing, the franchising is not going away. And private equities, same thing the fitness industry did, the same thing's happening in the franchising right now. Yeah, we're, not, we're not allowed to be lazy either. Private equity is coming in, and private equity makes everybody put on their big boy pants and get to work. Yep. And if you can help franchise systems get new franchisees, get them open, or get them full of business, if you can solve mm -hmm. any portion of one of those three, there is a lot of money to be made in this country over the next 10, 20 years in the franchise industry. Oh, absolutely. So I didn't actually understand fr franchising. Most people don't. I really <laughs> didn't, dude. And I was like, why would I pay somebody else to give me <laughs> their idea when I can build my own vision? And really until meeting you guys, I didn't really understand it. But now I get it. This is where money goes to multiply. No economy matter. Economy of skill. Yeah. 
And, you know, and who else influenced my thought on this? Uh, Rick Ross. You guys know Rick Ross? Yeah. The big black guy? Um, so he he invested in Wingstop or uh-huh. something like that, like a lot of money. And, and he's doing this interview on The Breakfast Club, and he's like, you got to make your money multiply. And I'm like, dude, like I, I knew that, but I didn't know it from that perspective. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it really opened my mind yeah. about franchising. Franchising when, see, I mean, it's like anything, right? It can be done wrong. It can be done right. Franchising when done right is one of the best business, but it's so hard. It is so incredibly hard. But there's a reason that even with the richest companies, the richest trust in the world, with the richest private equity, even I used to think that franchising was the escape goat if you didn't have money to do it yourself. Now when I'm watching when I'm watching private equity funds with billions yeah. still going the franchise route, I realize it wasn't a lack of capital. It's just a better business model to capture market share. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not a limit of resources like I used to think it was. Yeah. It's a better model to capture and there's nothing more American than franchising one. And, and I think right. franchisees, if you listen to kind of some of these influencers on the internet right now, they're kind of beating up franchisees. You go into a franchise, you're not an entrepreneur. To me, that's kind of opposite. Because if you look at what a franchise offers you, an entrepreneur should enjoy having those systems, having that accountability, having those already built in you. Because then you have to worry about, as an entrepreneur, what you want to worry about, growing. You don't have to worry about building the systems, training. Because yeah. if you're, no, you're if right. you're a full if you're ball, a true entrepreneur, yeah. you're not writing an operations. No, manual. and that's not your that's not your strong suit. So <laughs> why? So you're going to leverage. You're going to leverage. It's just leveraging other right. people and what they've created to be able to, like you said, multiply your money. I think the biggest issue with that is everybody that thinks they're an entrepreneur is they're really solopreneurs, man. Um, and I don't hate because I was a solopreneur for a really long time. Oh, I yeah. didn't understand how to go from the S quadrant, which is self-employed, to the B quadrant, which is business owner, to the I quadrant, which is investor. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And, like, and it, people don't know that. Like they really. And there's not, there's no there's no faster way to trap yourself into being a solopreneur that's having to work 40 hours a day and not getting any traction than trying to create everything yourself. I, I was kind of same way. The reason I'm a franchise or today instead of a franchisee is because I thought that would I, I can't be a franchisee. Blah blah. Robbie knows he's hurt my heart. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> I will be in franchising probably the rest of my life in some way, shape, or form. Me, myself, my kids. But I'll be a franchisee at some point, and I know that now, and I'm comfortable yeah. with that, and I want to be that. Now I'm going to find the one that aligns with me or whatever kid I'm backing at the time. But I'm going to make sure the passions align, and I believe in the people behind the brand. And I, I've learned enough to know what I'm looking for, and it's not just an item 19, which is the financial data. I can tell you, I'm not looking at item 19. No, I'm digging into. But it's know, very important, also. Oh, man, there's so many things that... What's more important than the item 19 is really the validation and understanding to call those franchisees and get the right information from them. And I want to know what I could do with the business. Exactly. Not not what's, you know, that's so important. And and, and also, I'll I'll never have a food franchise because I know zero about food franchises, (laughs) but I'll be in some sort of membership model type franchise going forward. That's a great point. If you're a 100% entrepreneur, you don't want to you want to do the entrepreneurial things. You want you don't want to buy yourself a job. You want to buy yourself an investment and scale out of it. But you get trapped, man. Like you don't even think about it. And you just no, get yeah. trapped. If you start your own thing, good luck trying to scale to unit number 2. Just yeah. think about everything you would have to create from 1 to 2. With a franchise, that part's done, baby. Like you get to just focus on growing It's and definitely growing your team. a lot less headaches. That's exactly. for sure. Exactly. And you got somebody in there that's that's looking forward in the business like and it all depends you have to really be self uh, aware of who you are and then some people franchising just not for them and that's okay 
but the majority <laughs> of people right now that's out there saying franchisees aren't entrepreneurs are silly and realize yeah. that I've, I've, we've got a lot of franchisees in our system. I've met a lot of franchisees. they got real-world problems, and they deal with them like entrepreneurs deal with them. Exactly. You know, they're, they're running they, a business. They 100% earned the entrepreneur tag. Exactly. Because they're in the battle. They're, yes. they're risking, and they're doing this. It's the, it is it's the American entrepreneur, man. No, absolutely. They've risked their hard-earned money that they've saved, some of them, their whole lives. Oh, yeah, yeah. To try to gain another level of, 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 of economic you know, freedom for themselves, for their families. If that's not an entrepreneur, I don't know what is. Yeah, so I think uh, <laughs> I kind of laugh when I hear those guys. And, and some of them are all kind of retracting back. I go to Gary Vee a lot. I used to listen to Gary Vee. Um, quite a bit, and he's he was one of the big advocates on that. He now was anti-franchise yeah. early, hardcore anti-franchise. But now he's like well, franchising just, VaynerMedia. So well, he has to, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell you can tell he's learning more. You know, yeah. he's learning more about it, and the way he the way he talks about it has changed a lot based on the more he learns. Yeah, because and like I said, like franchising done right, man. There's there's nothing better. There's nothing better than a system where the franchisees will go out, put their heads down, execute for 90 days, pass up feedback, let a team take that feedback, rework how they can take in that new data, keep up with the industry, look at industry trends, put all that, have a have a team 24 hours a day, all they're looking at is that mm-hmm. stuff, and then you get to just go back to work and execute for another 90 days, gather another data set, pass that back up, refinement, execute refinement execute when that's being done right man there's nothing more powerful and, and you to your point if you're going to jump into a franchise system you got to be okay with one letting somebody else take lead following directions <laughs> giving feedback up waiting for that feedback to come back down after it's beta tested and go to you if you're if you're kind of stubborn entre, uh, entrepreneur business owner and kind of i'm going to do it my way no matter what franchising is going to be tough because the franchisor has got to protect the brand they got to make sure that everything's happening because the customer, at the end of the day, the customer has to have the right experience no matter what store they go into. And, and it's very that's why franchising is so hard and so difficult is because you're trying to scale that across the country. It's so hard on so many levels. So yeah, many no, levels. Yeah, that's just, that's just Props <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> uh, rewarding. And, and what a way to capture market share. And like we just talked about, like because there's this mission out there and there's so many bought-in franchisees now across yeah. the whole country – we're able to serve a lot more people than the four of us ever would have been able to. No, absolutely. You know, which is great, but but it it is tricky. It is it is incredibly hard. And then also like how do you get, you know, how do you have those brand standards and do the best and really look out for your franchisees to where they're doing well, the end customers doing well, but you're not treating a franchisee like an employee because they didn't buy a franchise to be treated like an employee. No. But they got to be held to a certain standard also. So. That's a very thin line. Oh my too. goodness. Oh my goodness. Cuz I, mean, I I can only think of like how I would be in that position, yeah. I'm just like, damn, you're no, kind tough. of treating me like an employee sometimes. And nobody wants like, to feel that way. Nobody wants to feel no, that they, way. No, they bought Especially into a franchise. You bought it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Are you well, and you are awarded the franchise. That we, have a, we have a friend, Kit Vincent. He runs the Fran Man uh, podcast, and he talks about that. He, he, he tells franchise systems, don't use the word sold or bought a franchise because when you buy something that implies ownership and ownership means I can do whatever I want with it. Right. And that's not what, it, when a friend, I mean, they, they get a very thorough contract. Federal trade commission fixed that a long time ago. When you buy into a franchise, you know what you're getting into, or you should have, you were disclosed with the franchise disclosure document. You had plenty of time to read that and you know that there's going to be some restrictions. So they've got to be okay with that. But at the same time, they don't want to feel like an employee and I don't blame them. No. Yeah. 
No, I, I agree with you. There's got to be a lot of freedoms where they can grow their team, lead their team, spend their, you know, figure out how they're going to market. And, and every, in and, and good franchise systems, I can tell you, right, we have some of the best franchisees ever right now that are just kicking and they really fit the culture. But even with the culture being great like it is, there's still a level of competition because that's just human nature. Yep. Right? Everybody wants to be the best one and they're right. all, they're all working hard to, but what's cool is that I love that our franchisees share what's working with the other franchisees. I think, I think that's got to be important for a brand as well. No, absolutely. Communication, culture, uh, friendship, community, you know, connecting. You buy into a franchise, you want to be connected to their franchisees. You want to know you're in it to the big picture. So that is a that is a um, good point. I wonder the if there are franchises that like they hide things from each other. Oh yeah, we 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 hear about them all the time. Oh know? really? Oh yeah. Like it, they'll be like cutthroat like that. That's crazy <laughs> oh, because we have the same mission, you know. Yeah, we're a franchise, and we we we've been lucky. We've had a lot of consulting from uh, Lynette McKee, who is the VP of franchising for Duncan. Very experienced in franchising, and she would tell us about some of the other brands that if you do certain things wrong, and the franchisees start to see each other as competition, man, you're gonna have a hard mm-hmm. you're gonna have a hard road ahead of you. And uh, we've done a That's really intense. good we've done a really good job of that, especially here in Houston now. I mean, our franchisees are all pulling for each other, and I don't think they see each other's competition at all. And that, no, that's I, a good sign of a good yeah. healthy franchise. Or at least like friendly competition's cool, but exactly. nothing like oh, I'm gonna hide this. I mean, friendly, <laughs> I mean, they see each other's competition as like the friendly competition is okay. Who's got the highest members? And, right. Like everybody wanting to be the best. Who's that, the most profitable? That's okay. Yeah. You know, but wanting to be like if you do well, it's taken away from my success. That's mm-hmm. not. No, good. That's a horrible. The, the As brand. an entrepreneur, period, like that's yeah. just a horrible mindset. That's true. You shouldn't even feel that way about your actual competitors. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. But also with franchising, especially building a brand, the more you have in a controlled area, the better it is for you because people are seeing your brand all the time. So, so, much. so if you space your businesses too far away, there's no overlap. There's no continuity. I think it was a yoga brand we were hearing about. That's right. They didn't want to be... They looked at each other as competition, so they didn't want. They wanted a big territory. They put like a fifteen mile. Yeah, so and it really crippled That's the brand. That's ridiculous. Fifteen miles is ridiculous. Oh my goodness! Well, what happened? If- yeah, it crippled the brand because there's going to be a yogurt <laughs> spot between you and that person at fifteen miles. That's not yours. So nobody's putting the GPS and going just for yours. Gonna nobody's going to drive around your frozen yogurt to go to this other frozen yogurt. So when you put Unless yours, you have a better offer. When- Maybe, but that's going to be even then, yeah. But but for your average consumer that's going to walk in on a food base, and so when you're 15 miles apart from each other, you got five competitors in between you. Not good. Not good for anybody. No, not now. You can't go the inverse of that and be Subway, where (laughs) there's two in New Orleans that are touching each other. Oh really? Yeah. You can't on the corner. That's crazy. We heard that. That's a story we heard. Literally, if you punch a hole through the wall, you you could be in both Subways at the same time. That's crazy. So you do have to protect your system a little bit that way uh but having them too far apart could hurt you as well because yeah. just the over you you know marketing right think if you have do in, i in a, 15, <laughs> in a 15 mile radius if you're running facebook ads for five gyms that are all in just here in the north houston area yeah. and you're dumping three grand a month on each one how much better is each other one gonna do because one you're running ads right now in spring how many we've seen it already you're running ads in spring and magnolia right how many times have we seen now that you're running ads in spring somebody will tag their friend hey you're up in magnolia you should go check that one out like that's you don't want them to be too far apart the brand recognition incredibly important almost forgot we're getting ready to open our delta life fitness here in conroe <laughs> texas yep you're welcome uh 
And we're already seeing it. I mean, we're one week into pre-sales, and we're at like 30 members already in yep. Conroe. A lot of that, I guarantee you, is because of the presence we've already had here. The Magnolia store, people are starting to know yep. about us. So, you know, having them more closer together is better. And I, I, I had to fix my thinking on that because I used to be more of the 10 or 15-mile thought process. And Lynette McKee really worked with us hard to understand mm-hmm how important the opposite was. And I, I have upgraded my thinking a lot there. Yeah. And even, and, and I don't mean that because I'm a greedy entre, uh, franchise <laughs> or that wants to, no. I'll be, I'll, when you see me on the franchisee side, I'll have the same passion. Yeah, no, absolutely. I so want a store right next to me. what is the perfect number of miles? Depends it's different on, for every yeah. model. Really? If you're a tree cutter, and I'm, I assume that's going to be a lot different because you want a little broader of an area because maybe... That's true. It shrinks down, or you're a landscape or anything like that. That that might widen up. But if you're a serviced uh, gym or food, you probably want it to be a little bit tighter so people can share amenities, people can talk about it. Well, like statistically, when it comes to gyms, they don't want to be further than three miles out, thirty-five miles max. For a gym, it's all about knowing your business. So we know that that you know that that three miles is really important, and then we know we need twenty thousand homes. So we just limit it. As long as you got twenty thousand homes, you're going to be okay, yeah. and we'll limit it to that. Like you said, I don't know the tree cutting business, yeah. so I would have to lean on their expertise. How big of an area is somebody going to need to be successful? You know, I don't know when you run out of business or how much business yeah, you how need. Do they franchise tree cutting? Oh, they oh, yeah. franchising oh, everything right really? now. Really, everything. Yeah. You can franchise anything. There's I one saw marketing. I, you can franchise franchising. I'm really interested <laughs> in this one. It's a uh, it's a dumpster rental franchise with a, um, with, a <laughs> with a porter can inside it called Redbox, um, and it's a very interesting model. I've been paying attention. They're growing Redbox? pretty good. Redbox. Oh, I yeah. thought like, that was actual that was a movie. No. Oh, I've been like, they must have those when we were talking <laughs> yeah. to the episode guys. <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, I've heard of the brand before. Very smart um, franchisor. I thought it was a great concept and a great. Uh, thing to franchise man honestly uh locksmithing i had to get my jeep unlocked and somebody could that that market's ripe for the taking just with service the service franchising brings uh consecutive business experience to the consumer too so consumers should want franchising brings legitimacy laura loved having you on the show yeah laura thank you for having me good show today conroe texas we're bringing you adult life about to open on 105 good to see you we'll see you next month here on texas (laughs) franchise radio later guys we talking business models, investing franchises. We going. Thank you for listening to Texas Franchise Radio, where we bring on all the local franchise experts. If you liked the show, please share it with your friends. If you have any questions you'd like answered live on the show, send them to at Texas Franchise Radio on Facebook. Till next time. Texas Franchise Radio. You ready? Let's go. Uh, Robbie and Josh going live and it's time to hit the road. You were tuned in to Texas Franchise Radio. Oh, you're in the business. Well, this is what you need.